the idea of plastic being not so fantastic could be turned on its head, at least when it comes to medical waste. The global issue of plastic medical waste, estimated to have increased by millions of tonnes over the pandemic, has been the subject of a recent study at Canterbury University. A team of scientists have found a way to turn old face masks um, to turn old face masks into fuel. Professor Alex Yip, who led the study, joins me now. Hi, Alex. Kia Thanks for having me. No, nice to talk to you today. How did this all begin? Did it begin with the problem of all this waste and wondering what to do with it? Oh, that's right. Um, I think medical waste has been a, a huge problem uh, always, and especially in the past few years um, during the COVID-19 pandemic, we, has, we have seen uh, a significant surge in medical waste uh, globally. And of course, this is also a problem in New Zealand. And um, um, in New Zealand, well, m- uh, medical waste usually, um, with some of it, we, we, we sterilize them and then we uh, just basically send them to landfill. And um, some of the medical waste we actually um, exported to offshore incineration and therefore our technology we are trying to build something to help the environment um, uh, not only to solve the New Zealand problem but the global problem as well Um, so at University of Canterbury in the next few years we will uh, be developing some technologies to um, probably uh, reforms the disposal of medical waste and uh, on on the other hand we're also uh, hoping to solve the environmental problem um, because um, it is a waste problem as well as uh, we can use it as a uh, resources to supply energy um, um, to area that um, that is needed. Yeah it's pretty exciting what sort of waste are we talking about? We talk about medical waste including uh, face face masks like you mentioned and also any um, protective uh, personal protective equipment, um, a testing kits from COVID-19 pandemic, for example, and also um, the plastic syringe that um, we use for uh, vaccine doses. Oh, there must be heaps of all that. So they, is it mostly coming from institutions or um, I guess there's a bit of personal use as well? I always cringe when I see all the tiny little plastic bags that come inside those rat testing boxes. Yes, that's right. So it comes from both hospitals and probably uh, uh, um, uh, personal use as well. So, so there will be a, a requirement, or, or um, I, I, I guess the um, uh, right strategy to be able to collect all these waste uh, for for us to work. Okay, and so you use something called catalytic pyrolysis. How's my pronunciation there? Yeah, that's right. It's called catalytic pyrolysis. So, so it is a, a, a new technology um, that basically, in a simple term, uses high temperature to uh, degrade complicated chemicals like plastic or biomass and, um, and turn it into um, a, a smaller molecules where we can use them directly as a fuel. And traditionally, pyrolysis happens at uh, really high temperature, sometimes close to 1,000 degrees. Um, depending on what we fit into the reactor, uh, the temperature required could be ranging from 300 to 900 degrees Celsius. Um, but with our technology using a novel uh, material called a catalyst, uh, which can speed up the reaction and also give us the, uh, not only give us the product we want, but also bring the operating temperature down to 300 to 500 degrees C, uh, what it means that it will make the, uh, the, the process much more cost effective and efficient. Yeah, can you break that down for us a wee bit? First of all, why does it make any difference what temperature you burn something at? Oh, because um, uh, for a complicated material like plastic, uh, it was made from a uh, reaction called polymerization. So that means we made from um, connecting many um, 
carbon atoms together and make a long chain complicated structure. So there are many chemical bonds um, involved, uh, included in, in the plastic material. And in order to break it down, we have to have enough energy to uh, chop down the long chain to uh, short chain um, uh, products. So, so the temperature is something that is uh, uh, um, essential in terms of breaking down the large molecules, which is the plastic in this case, to, to its fragments, which is what we uh, want, wanted to use as a fuel. How do you get something burning that hot? Well, um, the the uh, the energy is already stored in the material itself. So basically, the the paralysis process is in in some way to release the energy already stored inside the the, the, the plastic. So um, just like you're burning any kind of fuel. Um, during the oxidation process, it will release the energy and itself will be broken into a small parts. Okay, but if it naturally burns at a lower temperature, I think you said three to eight hundred, how do you reach that temperature of something like eleven hundred to get that cleaner burn? Oh, so 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 when when we burn it, it will release the energy. So um, with the use of the catalyst, we can. Uh, it is a material that speed up the chemical reaction, even uh-huh. though the temperature is low. So without using the catalyst, you have to go for a high temperature. But with with the use of a catalytic material, or I we see. call it catalyst, uh, the, the 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 temperature that were meant to happen at a high temperature high temperature can now be brought down to a lower temperature range. Okay. So you knew this was possible in theory, and and did your research involve actually practically experimenting with it? Well, um, the catalytic paralysis, first of all, we have been working on it for uh, almost 10 years now. Uh, and with my colleagues here at UC, uh, we have uh, o- overall probably more than 20 years experience in the catalytic paralysis mm. technology. And um, now we are changing the feedstock to, to plastic. And um, in the literature, there are all, also some um, proven experiments show that it is feasible. So we're quite confident that it will work. And this, this is something that we will be doing in the next two years, and uh, we'll see what happens. Okay, so so the experimentation is ongoing then. You're going to continue to look at this. That's right. And if it goes well, it actually creates a new uh, fuel, a liquid fuel. Uh, well, if it goes well, we will be able to produce a um, component very similar to the current diesel uh, fuel that we um, use in the market now. So um, with the right formulation, potentially the new fuel can be applied to um, some some equipment that is difficult to electrify, for example, uh, fishing vessels or uh, um, um, high-duty heavy engines, for example. So basically, um, that the way we use the new fuel is the same as um, how we normally use the fuel now. So it's make, uh, in terms of the composition, there will be no difference from the current fuel. Uh-huh. How do you practically do this? Talk us through a day in the lab. You're doing this catalytic pyrolysis with plastic. Is it a is it an oven, a furnace? Um, is there a sort of collection point for what's um, created as a byproduct? Yep. So basically, um, what we call it a reactor. So it is a a, a you can. Um, 
probably understand as a as a big oven, a a a, a um a container that can sustain high temperature, and will put the um a medical plastic in, mix it physically with the catalyst, and um, turn on the oven to uh, uh, basically start the reactions, and it will generate some heat internally inside and degrade the plastic. Um, there will be a um, some gases emitted from it uh, where we have to have to collect and treat them, and also um, the the residue would be, we have some solid residue together with some liquid uh, uh, product coming out from the reactor. I imagine doing this at scale or, or sort of rolling it out will require a bit of investment. Um, is that the plan at some point for University of Canterbury to to partner with a, a commercial partner or investor? Yeah, that's right. So, so we are actually um, 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 looking for a uh, industry partner to work with us at the moment. So, uh, ideally, if we can secure some funding from industry and potentially from from, from the government, um, then potentially we can uh, actually build a pilot plan for testing first before we actually commercialize it. Someone has texted this in, and apologies if you've covered this, but it's quite a complicated sort of procedure you're talking about. They want to know how you start the burning process. Um, what, what do you use to start it? Is it diesel or something like that? Oh, no, it will be the, the oven that we use um, will be powered by, by, by basically um, a normal thermal, thermal oven by electricity. So it will be electrically heated uh, furnace to start with. And, um, uh, and, and once we reach a certain temperatures, and basically the, the tem- temperature will kick off inside and it will sustain itself. Um, someone wants to know, I don't know if this is realistic or not, but Peter says, what about using this uh, technique to treat wastewater carbon capture? I'm not sure I quite understand what he's uh, asking there, but um, yep. uh, do, you, do, you, do you know what he means by that? Or, or you know, are yep, there that, other... That, yeah? that, that, that's a good question because, uh, like I mentioned, the catalytic paralysis is a tool um, that can be used to, to deal with plastic, which is our... Our, our approach, and um, we can also use it to deal with biomass, or uh, like the, the the audience mentioned, could be some kind of bio waste material, uh, any kind of organic material. Um, however, if we want to treat the biomass, uh, the, the cost could be expensive because uh, very often they, they come in a wet form, um, mm-hmm. so you have a lot of water in there, uh, so you can't just uh, basically burn it directly. You have to dry it, dewater it, and then and then and then burn it. So in terms of the um, um, the technology, uh, it's already there. But is that all? The challenge has always been um, the, whether it's cost effective or not. So in terms of the the science, yes, uh, um, we can actually use the same technology to um, deal with any other kind of uh, complicated material, um, uh, for example, bio waste. What's the sort of timeline from here then? Well, um, we have a current PhD uh, project working on it, so it will be uh, between two or three years. We're uh, expecting to get some significant uh, breakthrough in in terms of the know-how science around it, and then um, I'm hope I'm hope, hopeful that in the following two years, the third years and fourth years from now, uh, if we have a industry partner, then we can start looking at the possibility of um, doing some pilot scale study, and um, uh, probably. Another two years, which is six years from now, hopefully we will see something uh, that is commercially viable. Nice one. Thank you for explaining it to us. Thanks for being so patient with my brain too, Alex. I really oh, appreciate no it today. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, that is Alex Yip, who has been part of this team looking at this. Um, Professor Alex Yip, um, you looking at this new technique to you turn medical plastic medical waste into something productive into fuel.